Welcome to episode 25 of Retrosonic Podcast. I'm Steve from Retroman Blog, and this is the Senior Service and Bone Jack. Senior Service from their debut album The Girl in the Glass Case and a track called Bone Jacked. And with me tonight I've got my regular colleague Mr Paul Slattery. Good evening Paul. Uh, good evening Steve. How are you doing Paul? Oh, pretty good you know I'm still recovering from uh, uh, last Friday's gig at the, uh, at the Half Moon. Yeah it was a great it was a great night wasn't it and uh, a good way to celebrate Graham Day's birthday and mine. And yours. Uh, yes, yes. Do you birthday? remember any of it? Um, no, it was a bit of a fuzzy head on the, on, on the Saturday morning, but <laughs> more it was. later. But it was a it was a great a great night. What um, a great night! The Lemp Prize yeah. three starting off. Yeah, we had the Lemp Prize three kicking things off, and um, it was a special night because it was. As I said it was Graham Day's birthday, and uh, he threw in a few surprises. Even for me, I didn't know what they were planning on the night, um, which was giving me a few kittens along the way as a promoter. But uh, <laughs> it was it was excellent, and I just like to say thank you to everybody for the fantastic messages we've been getting through. I know it obviously it seemed like a 
it really hit a chord with everybody um, and I think the bands really enjoyed themselves as well and I hopefully get to see your photos soon yes they will I yeah. don't want to don't want to give too much away but um, yeah. uh, at the moment but um, you'll see yeah. uh, when we get the photos out on the blog yeah great so yeah keep a check on Retroman blog www.retromanblog.com and we'll have a full report on the gig, um, if I can remember it. I mean, it's a bit awkward writing reviews of your own gigs, because, of course, I'm going to say it's the best gig ever. <laughs> but it was <laughs> pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's trying to remember everything, And um, but I know you'll get some Oh, you pictures. enjoyed yourself. I enjoyed myself. Yes. Graham Day enjoyed himself. Lem Price 3 enjoyed themselves. Yep. And the crowd went crazy. So I think it was... Probably a pretty good night. Yeah, return of the middle-aged mosh pit. Covered <laughs> <laughs> in beer. Oh, the old-aged mosh pit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was it was fantastic, and um, yeah. I said that. So we had the Lem Press three starting off. Um, we also had uh, for the first time at the Retroman blog night, we got a DJ and we got uh, Lee Grimshaw from the Spin Out show, and he was um, spinning some vinyl and it was great to get a vinyl dj in the half moon it's something they lack they have they don't have decks and a lot of the djs that i know don't seem to have decks of their own either so yeah. um lee came all the way up um, from cornwall with emma and they uh, lee put on a great show you know. superb did you enjoy that did you like oh, the DJ? i loved it it's always good having a bit of vinyl isn't it yeah i think it worked can't you know? beat that yeah. and it was very eclectic too his mm. taste very good it was, it was great so I said it was really the ground down of forefathers, and I said there were a few surprises, and none more so than when I went backstage before the show and I saw some Star Trek costumes hanging up, and I thought, oh, this is taking me back to when I very first saw the prisoners, and that was on the tube back in 1984. You remember the old Channel 4 show with George Holland and Paulie Yates, and they did a, a feature on like the Gary Drock scene. Not necessarily the Medway scene, but it was more the Gary Drock, so it had the escalators or the tall boys, I think it was. The, the milkshakes, the prisoners, the stingrays, and they did this little feature on them. And that's the first time I saw the prisoners, probably for a lot of people as well, you know, because it was a very small scene. And it, and it was great because the band, when the forefathers came on, they were all wearing the, the, the Star Trek costumes again. And I think a lot of it was a big nostalgia fest, you know, it, it was great and it, it was a nice touch. And the amazing thing was, is they could actually still wear them. You know, well, they had to swap. I think Alan and Graham had to swap their tunics, but possibly so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I tell you what, they look good. Yeah, they look good. Uh, and uh, the whole gig was fantastic, slick, brilliant songs. What could you? What more could you ask for? Really, it was yeah. it was it was a superb gig, a superb night, and uh, of course, um, yourself and Graham. Were, if yourself and Graham are happy at the end of the night, that was all it was all about, really, wasn't it? And the Graham, I know that Graham loves playing at the Half Moon. Yeah, it just seems to it's, it's turned into an annual event now. That was the third one we've done. Well, plus the Senior yeah. Service, mm-hmm. uh, which we did their debut gig, their first ever gig we did at the Half Moon mm-hmm. earlier this year. So apart from that, we've done. This is the third year of our. Graham Bay and the Forefather show. And, so. you know, you get a fantastic crowd down there. Yeah, it always sells out in advance, which is nice. Tremendous. It's always it's a big bonus, but I think it's become a, a little event. So how are we going to top it for next year? I don't know. don't know. We'll see. don't know. But they did have John Barker um, playing the Hammond organ, which, again, was another thing they've never done as the Forefathers, was playing mm. the Hammond. Um, and that meant we got a really good set list, mainly of old prisoner stuff, um, songs I don't normally play uh, and I, I just thought that, that added a, a fantastic touch to it you know it's it great you can't beat a Hammond can you so in the middle of the set they uh, it's a little surprise they had a, a little guest appearance from the senior service so Daryl 
was there in the crowd, so he got up and played bass. And then there was another little bonus in the fact that um, with the Daggermen, a little tribute to the Daggermen, because uh, Alan took over the lead vocals and guitar from Dave Taylor, the original uh, member. And of course, Wolf and John were in the Daggermen, and they played three Daggermen tracks. And that that was a, f- a wonderful little, little surprise, I think, for everybody. Well, it just shows you how many bands have come out of the medway scene over the years. Yeah, that's true. Let's play another record, Steve. Yeah, well, let's play The Daggermen, and this is a track from their debut EP, Introducing the Daggermen, and this one is called One More Letter. <laughs> So yeah, I'd just like to say a final thank you to everyone that came along, especially those that travelled, uh, the staff at the Half Moon. And um, uh, we've got a new gig coming up on November the 18th, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, thanks to Lee Grimshaw and Eric for the great gig poster as well. And one thing about our shows is what you'll find is that there's just as many musicians and bands in the audience as there are on stage. Aren't they? So we, you're going around and you're meeting all these people and seeing people from all these great bands that we love. Um, and that's a great thing that they're all going along to support each other. And uh, uh, so on Friday, there was uh, Ian Greensmith and Bob Collins of 
the dentists in the crowd, which was which was nice. I, I miss Bob, but I saw Ian. Um, he put on the Medway Legends weekender in San Sebastian earlier this year, and he's also playing in the Sine Waves. And they I say they mentioned the dentists, and they were another band from the Medway, which um, probably didn't quite make it into the public consciousness as bands like the Prisoners or the. They, you mean they the didn't? Shakes. They didn't exactly drill their way into your mind then. No. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Very droll. <laughs> well done, I got rid of them. Here's a great track from the dentists. This is from the sort of uh, compilation uh, called "If All the Flies Were One Fly," and this is a track called "The Easy Way It Falls." Dentists and the easy way it falls. And next up, you've picked a track, Paul, which is a band that we've liked for a long time that we've never got around to playing. And can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, well, we've never actually uh, we've never played any Tim Benson on the podcast before, and no. um, I I ran into Tim Benson. Uh, it was through John Peel. He he, he played this um, track. My God, it must have been back in twenty years ago, perhaps. I think ninety six or ninety seven called the claw uh it was on uh it was on uh, f- the tim benson's first ep the six fingers of benson mm. and i thought oh i love that 
I love the claw. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, I'd love to go and see them. So they were playing over at uh, some little venue over in North London, and I went over to see them and got pally with um, the guitarist, Chris Teckham, and uh, loved their music for about the next seven or eight years, really. Went to see yeah. a lot of gigs, mostly over in North London. Yeah. And uh, in uh, there was a few changes in the band, and... Um, but they continued to make really good records. Hmm. Uh, came out with a great album called Hiss. Yeah. And uh, from that album, this is Robot Tourist. and Robot Tourists that is absolutely amazing I mean they because they started off as this sort of strange lo-fi band didn't they some of the tracks are really weird and, and then they've got this real power coming through and then they went on to do sort of a couple of albums which were more spoof rock when they like parody like Saints yes. and Kidney Pie and, which were great powerful records but I think that Hiss probably is there for me is a perfect balance of everything you know Hiss is great it's yeah. a brilliant album absolutely brilliant undersung album mm. it's got a lot of power in it mm. you know it's, it is it is uh, it's pop and power. Well, it's not. It's powerful pop. <laughs> Swamp pop. 
swamp yeah, it's swamp true, pop <laughs> a swamp pop yeah. it's been it's been called cool, but um yeah chris i think uh, i i ran into carl hussey the the um tim benson drummer at the fallen leaves gig right. uh, saw him up at the hope and anchor up uh, the month before last mm. and uh, carl said yeah the band's still alive you know i said well if they're alive when are you gonna do a gig yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so i'd love to see i, I certainly would love to see uh, tim benson uh, playing another gig and uh, Chris, if you're around, let us know what's going on. Yeah, please do, because they were a great live band. Yeah, they're a great live band, and if you if, if they do play, go and see them. That's mm. Tim Benson, classic, classic band. And next up, we've got a new release. Uh, now we thought the vinyl was coming back into fashion. Now, how about cassettes? So we've got um, O Gun Quit, one of our favourite bands, have just released a cassette-only EP. Look. I've still got my cassette player oh. up there. Oh, good. Well, there you go. We can, we'll stick it in now and we can play it. This is Ogunquit and Fireballs. <laughs> Possibilities in your eyes 
So if it's cassette only, how come you've got an MP3? Well, you can get MP3. <laughs> <laughs> You can yeah, download yeah. it on Bandcamp. It's, no, like, right. it's all very well, all these retro things like seven inches and cassettes, but who's when you want to put it on the podcast, you use a cassette player, for Christ's sake. I've got one. I've got one, yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're old. old. <laughs> <laughs> Sony Walkman will be coming back yeah. soon, won't it? Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, but um, vinyl record shops are going out the window. It's going to be cassettes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I've got a couple of those. I've got a couple of old uh, Walkmans up, up in the attic. Well, it'll be worth a fortune. <laughs> Get dust all over. Over them, I think I'll dust them off and put them on eBay. Well, you can take them along to the next O'Gunquit show and stand outside <laughs> and selling them. For <laughs> Excellent, but it's it's great. It's a fantastic thing. It's 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 good to get a, a, a cassette, you know. And it's called Hot Cross Fun, <laughs> which is uh, Hot Cross Fun. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, which is out on. Wiener Records, which is a subsidiary of Burger Records. They were the labour that put oh, out... Oh, Hamburger Records. Yeah, they were the Hamburger <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wiener Records and yeah. Burger Records. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do remember O'Gunquip, because she's the only person I've ever seen hula hooping while she's singing. And playing a trumpet. And playing oh, a no, trumpet. no, not singing no. and playing a trumpet. Oh, yeah. Hula hooping and playing a trumpet. Hula hooping and playing yeah. trumpet. You can't do all three right. Yeah, you can't yeah. do it. No, yeah. no, no, no. No, they're a great band. Yeah. They're really, really good. And you've got some fantastic photos of I them did. as well. I did. got to do it all three. water. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah. You know. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. No, that's right, because you said hamburger record. You know? That's how up, up to date you are. Because you know? they did the Flaming Groovies. That's right. New single, wasn't it? That's right. Which we played in a recent podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's great. And the EP features four new tracks um, and also some songs taken from their debut album, Eat Yuppies and Dance. Uh, the four new tracks have been produced by Jim Diamond, who used to be the bass player for the Dirt Bombs. And he's produced and engineered... Loads of great bands from the Sonics, their new records, so the Flesh Tones, our favourites. How many wow. favourites do we have? Um, yeah, yeah. Loads. Yeah. Uh, the White Stripes and, and more. So, the, you know, he's obviously got good taste because that's the Gun- oh, Gunquit, definitely one of the best live bands around at the moment. Well, the new songs sounding brilliant. We've been talking about sort of 1966 here and now, you know, 50 years on. Well, it is amazing. I mean, I was just thinking around, you know, I mean, 1966, look at all the fantastic records that came out then. I mean, it was... And all the the weird ones as well. It was absolutely tremendous what came out then. Yeah, I mean, you got... I was just just looking at my collection the other day and I realised that, uh, (coughs) you know, the Easy Beats, Friday on My Mind came out, 1966. Uh, Love, Seven and Seven is... Mm. Uh, Pushing Too Hard by The Seeds. Yeah. You're Gonna Miss Me by the 13th Floor Elevators. It all came out in 1966. Yeah. And plus loads of other really, really well-known stuff and great pop tunes by The Beatles and Stones and Dave Clark Five, whatever. Mm. It's 1966. What a great year. But um, I was just digging into the into the depths of my record collection the other day and I found this Lovely little record by a group uh, from the West Coast. Well, they were from the West Coast at the time, um, called The Weeds. Mm. And, and they became the lollipop shop, didn't they? They became the lollipop shop, eventually. But um, this is from 66, and it's called It's Your Time. <laughs>
Excellent. I mean, that's the thing about we saying about 1966 and that era. There's so many weird one-off singles or bands that would later become other bands, and and it's it's just so many one-hit wonders or not even hits. And but the quality of the songs and and the, and the weirdness, the strangeness of it, you know. Oh, it's just a massive explosion of rock talent. And mm. and the first time you heard those kind of guitar solos that were a bit well, you know, psychedelic. Yeah, that's the only way to describe it. Yeah, they were atonal. They weren't. Uh, they were nothing like anybody had heard before in pop mm. music, and uh, it just blew people's minds. Of course, mm. you know, seeing as everybody was on acid at the time, you know, yeah, it might have something to do with it. <laughs> it might have something to do with it. But <laughs> yeah, you didn't get that with a Burt Whedon song, did really you? Like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Everything was recorded in a haze of acid and yeah, marijuana, you know. So I guess that had something to do with it. But but it time. certainly, I mean, that '66 probably affected the whole, you know, the subsequent fifty years of rock and roll. Mm. Still affects it today. Mm, a bold statement. Yeah. I mean, some of those records. I mean, they're timeless, really, aren't they? A record like the Weeds, mm. utterly timeless. Sounds as good now as it. Does as it did fifty years ago? You could still get up and play that at a gig, and uh, everybody would love it. Oh yeah, I mean most of the bands we listen to and like now all sound like that, <laughs> <laughs> or, or want to try and sound like that, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. capturing that authentic sound. You know, yeah, but, uh, yeah. that's a good good choice actually. You know, and yeah, fantastic. Um, now you picked another one which I didn't it sort of threw me a little bit, um, but you picked the Screaming Trees. Yeah, the Screaming Trees. I, I didn't really know too much about the Screaming Trees, quite frankly. It just happened they they just happened to be on a sub pop compilation that I had. Uh, you know, I thought, oh, I haven't played that for bloody years, and I thought, hmm, that's that's a perfect track to play tonight, and. Uh, the track's called Change Has Come.
say I'm a big fan of Screaming Trees I don't know I just thought sort of put them in with that heavy rock Seattle sound but I know Mark Lanigan from his more of his later work because he's got such a great voice you know I mean that booming fantastic voice isn't he's he's got got a really really great voice Uh, it's got so much tone in it Mm. and um, the guitar works just superb and I'm surprised that that period of time well that was that's from 1990 uh, uh, on Sub Pop and on an EP they made and I suppose between 85 and 2000 I think 15 years they were around they made I don't know six or seven albums as well and I don't know hardly any of their music at all quite Mm. frankly Mm. and uh, I just I haven't played that song for it for a long long time and I think it's made me sort of go and explore more of their stuff but I mean I'm surprised at the time I, I never saw them uh, I never saw them live here in the UK no I mean I, 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 I imagine they must have come here at one time or another maybe I just yeah. uh, you know I just missed them or you know it was at a time when I wasn't particularly interested in going to gigs because <laughs> most of the music around was shit but yeah uh, well, it was a grunt they were sort of really labelled in with that grunge thing weren't they although they were going quite a bit before weren't they they, they were. were I mean like when 92 was it when Nirvana broke and yeah. was all that the the year that punk broke and so a lot of bands like Sonic Youth Screaming Tree became elevated up didn't they mm. um, and became mainstream you know and you had all that crap like Pearl Jam or that mm. sort of rock but when Mark Lanigan was in I know I he did join Queens of the Stone Age for a bit and so I know him from that and then he did these I think two albums, which really threw me, was with Isabel Campbell from Bell and Sebastian. Now, you, you can't get, in my mind, much more different than this sort of very twee Scottish band and Isabel Campbell, this lovely little, um, you know, student-looking girl from, from up in Glasgow. And then you had this gnarled rocker from wild west of America with his classic rock. And you, they, they came together and did these two albums, which actually were, were, were fantastic. You know, they, they really worked and they're well worth checking out you know the mark lanagan isabel campbell albums but so that's that's all i knew but i, I think yeah i'm going to go back and have a have a little dig around some screaming trees I think. yeah but that is a great track screaming trees changes come okay next up i've got another new release um this is from the dublin band the urges from their forthcoming album and this is the title track time will pass
The Urges and Time Will Pass, that's the title track of their forthcoming album, which will be released on the 28th of October on Mersol Music. Uh, the band will play a launch party on October the 29th at the Grand Social in Dublin, so uh, go along, you'll be able to hear tracks from the album and pick up a copy while you're there. I, I only got sent the album today, um, so I haven't really had time to sort of have a good listen to it, but I've, that, that track really stood out for me. I thought it was a great record. Um, but they have changed a little bit, because I remember seeing The Urges back in 2009, and they'd released their debut album called Psych Ward, which was a, a very garagey, you can tell by the title, it was very fuzz tones, very garage rock. And they were a good, really great band, you know. And, and strange enough, I saw them supporting Soundtrack of Our Lives in New York, of all places, mm-hmm. linking back to our Ebert Lumberg gig we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, were, they had an album released on uh, Little Steven's Wicked Call label which again links nicely to our makes lem price three because they were on wicked call um but they've sort of changed there's been a long gap obviously since then and um this album is is much more sort of um pastoral it's got a lot of uh, sort of more psychedelic influence but more of the west coast a bit of love a bit of that the coral and it's it's a really much more mellow but a really really great sound you know and i, I said i've had a quick flick through the album and it sounds great so it's well worth uh, keeping a check on that and um, that's the urges um, and you've picked out a track which in a strange way sort of links with the urges if, if it doesn't sound too silly because of the, the sort of sound and uh, you picked up a bit of this sort of good old paisley underground american sort of country rock yeah i've gone for a track um by a group called 
Guadalcanal Diary, who originally from uh, Marietta, Georgia, they were around between in the 80s, between 1983, 89, and 90. I, I don't know too much about them, but um, I, I ran across this um, EP called um, Watusi Rodeo, and this is the title track. We enjoyed that, you know. Love that, like, yeah, because we've been on that long riders kick, haven't we? After we saw them, and uh, yeah, they were a band that sort of, I suppose, around that time with Green on Red and Dream Syndicate and all that. Mm. Um, I suppose that, well, that, that period, and, and it was great. And I think, as I said, you see, the urges sort of had that slight sort of touch of their, that in their sound as well, you know. So it was a good, good choice, you know. Yes, another band who, who probably um, weren't as globally popular as uh, they. As they could have been, another mm. band that uh, there were there was there was uh, quite a lot of bands around uh, during that Paisley Underground period, who were great great bands, but um, never uh, there was never really any massive international success. There was a little mm. bit, but nothing. There were there were no no smash hits out of that era really from those bands. But um, I think Guadalcanal Diary. Uh, you know they're they're worth it's it's really good having a look at their back mm. catalogue. I think there's some excellent stuff in there and uh, a lot of great stuff worth listening to. 
Yeah, I suppose REM sort of took it on, didn't they, and became the global superstars of the bunch. Yeah, and yeah, that, that was it. But I mean, the Long Riders had a, a couple of near misses, but but it's a, it's a good uh, good period, and there's a lot of stuff worth uh, worth checking out. You know, definitely. Okay, and then one band that you did see on your Japanese travels that we've played before, and you. Mm picked a game because you like them so much and we, we try not to repeat ourselves but then you insisted this one comes in and I've got no objection because they're, they're a great band and this is a band we both saw in Japan who blew us away and it's Sunset Drive oh, Sunset Drive they are such a great band they are the only band I've ever changed my plane ticket to see <laughs> yeah that's right you did you know, I changed my plane ticket because I found <laughs> that they were doing a gig in Tokyo yeah, uh, and uh, I, I thought, oh no, Sunset Drive. I was I was going to leave the day they were playing, and I thought, oh no, I've got to spend another week here. A few years ago, and um, uh, they were playing at this at the, at the Ruby Room up in uh, in, in uh, Shinjuku, and we had a great night there. Yeah, uh, what a great band, absolutely yeah. brilliant band, Alastair, and. Uh, Alastair on uh, from New Zealand on vocals and um, Tosh on guitar. Tosh on guitar, Flying V. Flying V, brilliant, brilliant band. And uh, this is a hidden track at the end of their um, of their second EP. We got a talk, and it's uh, actually on the EP. It's untitled, mm. but I think it's called Wasting My Time. And this is Sunset Drive.
That's a great track. Untitled. Untitled called call Wasting My Time. Yeah, <laughs> good thing about an untitled track, you can give it, call it what you want, you know. Exactly, so exactly. Little, little bonus track. And it's a shame that they, they split up, but then Alistair went back to New Zealand, so the band obviously is a bit far to go for band rehearsals. Yeah. Um, but I think every time he's over in Japan, they, 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 they try and get together. Well, to I, hope, I hope the next time I go to Japan... Uh, coincides with Alistair going back there and uh, and having a reunion gig because yeah. uh, that would uh, that would be give me a great deal of pleasure to go back and see them. I thought they're one of the best bands I've ever seen. Quite frankly, it, it's great how um, going to a gig in a small room in Tokyo uh, makes you love a band forever. Virtually right. Well, um, ooh, we've been quite busy as usual i did go to see a film screening recently which was the lawrence of belgravia which is the movie the heavenly films movie about lawrence from felt and denim uh, but this is concentrating more on his on making uh, the new go-kart mozart album um on the hot dog streets and it's a, it's a fantastic documentary it's well worth seeing you yeah great one of the one of the best music documentaries out there you know he's, he's a fascinating character um, and he did. There was a Q and A session with Lawrence and the director Paul Kelly uh, from Heavenly Films, and uh, it was a, it was, a, it was a great night. And it's a, it's, this was to coincide with the launch, the DVD launch um, of Lawrence of Belgrave. And I, I recommend you you checking it out. And I'm going to pick a classic. Um, I'm going to pick Felt's Penelope Tree, which was uh, a single released back in 1983. I didn't want the world to know. Sunlight fade the golden glow Holiness is like a disease Triggers up my sense of unease I was lonely till I found the reason The reason was me Me Oh no, 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 that's easy, so easy 
was Felt um, and Penelope Tree. And yeah, the, the screening was at the Regent Street Cinema, which is a great Art Deco cinema just near the BBC Studios, just up from Oxford Circus. Um, it was wow. great. You know, it was a uh, Lawrence was there, um, had a little chat, and mentioned you because you took some great old photos of, of Felt back in nineteen eighty. Did. did you know? I did. Took some pictures of Felt back in nineteen eighty, <laughs> and uh, uh, up in Birmingham. Yes. Yeah, when Lawrence lived up there. And uh, then, uh, I, then uh, about two years ago, I ran into Lawrence again, mm. and went up to his flat and took some pictures of him up there. Yeah, looking very dark and mysterious, yeah. wearing dark glasses. Yeah, that's right. Pete Cap. He's an interesting character, isn't he? Very he's interesting a, character. Unique character. Yeah, he's, he's got this obsession with, with with fame. He wants to be famous and rich and. And um, this, this is—it's—he it, can't see why he's not famous. He, he's made—he's in his mind. He's making this immensely commercial music, you know. Which, if you listen to Go Kart Mozart, it's probably not. I don't know if you call it commercial, but he's convinced that he wants to be famous, you know. And um, he's got a fascinating outlook on life. He's—he's a, he's a real, I'd say, technophobe. But he doesn't have the internet. Doesn't have any mobile phones. He doesn't. He's—he's he's just an interesting and an unusual character. And he don't mm. get that much in rock music anymore mm. those sort of mm. unique characters and there was a fantastic bit when he's in they follow the band over to, to France to do some gigs and he's been interviewed by this blogger like a French version of us I suppose and they're interviewing him and, and Lawrence is just fascinated by the fact that this guy this journalist is, is doing the music blog and, and he's sort of, sort of asking him well, why do you do it and all that and he's like do you, you, you make any money from, from, from doing your blog and the guy says, no, no, of course not. I just do it for the love of it. And he says, well, you, you don't make any money at all from this. And he's like, he said, no, I always knew, I always thought the internet was was a waste of time. <laughs> you can't understand why. Yeah. We, we know very well what it's well, like. Well, it's true. Money. It is a waste of bloody time. <laughs> yeah. You don't make a bloody cent from the penny. internet. <laughs> no, everybody steals your bloody photos. I hate that. I hate people on the internet stealing my pictures. They do it all over the place. My pictures are all over the bloody internet and I don't make a cent out of it. Lawrence is probably right. He is. Oh, yeah. to close the bloody internet down, you know, yeah. and go back to publishing. Oh, no, we'll have to take all the pictures off, <laughs> off our blog then, won't we? Oh, no, you can have those, because oh, there's you. a freely given. I just, it's <laughs> just the ones that people nick and put up on social websites, like Tumblr, for instance. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that's the curse of modern life, isn't mm. it? But it's, it's well it worth is. getting. And he's, yeah, he's all great. my pictures appear on, on the social. Nobody even credits you. They yeah. don't even care. Yes, if you, listen, everybody, if you're taking pictures off the internet... Don't do it. Yeah, don't Contact do it. Them. I'll track you down and, and yeah. take you to court, all right? Yeah. Oh, that's the polite way of doing it. Yeah, that's right. take yeah. them out with a baseball bat and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Decaps smother. laughs> you know? I'm getting old now. Money is much more serious. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But uh, it's great. And um, uh, it's had a good chat to, to Paul Kelly as well, and he's doing a new... Um, he's working on a movie called um, A Scene In Between, um, which is sort of the story of British indie music, sort of between 1980 to 1988. And he's actually asking, because uh, at the time there wasn't this plethora of videos and cameras and digital cameras and all that around, so there's not a lot of footage of it. And he's trying to do a movie which doesn't just have the normal talking heads and interviews with people. So he's asking for fans of any of their sort of 1980, 1988 indie music to um, contact um, Heavenly Films with any sort of photos, audio, film memorabilia 
that you've got. Um, obviously, I would hope you will be credited for the use of. And paid. <laughs> and paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's India. Oh, you, 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 you have to be paid. You have to be paid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but contact Heavenly at info at heavenlyfilms.net if you've got anything that you'd like to contribute to the movie. Okay, and back to some new stuff. Um, one of our favourite bands at the Retroman blog is the Witch Doctors, who we haven't seen play for a while. We seem to miss their gigs recently. Which when did we last there. see them? Down at the... Um, in, while, over in Kingston, wasn't it? Fighting Cox, I think. Fighting Cox, great yeah. night over there. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're such they're a great band. Definitely one of the best live they bands. They are a great, the great live band, aren't they? Yeah. But they've made some great records as well. They, right? they They deserve to be, I think, a hell of a lot bigger than, than they, re- they really are. And I, I just hope this new album... Gets some a little bit more, a bit more interest, you know. So here's a track from the new album. Uh, this is the the first track, and it is called "No Pain, No Gain." Doctors with a track called No Pain No Gain taken from their brand new album Voodoo Eye which is out on green vinyl from Bomber Music and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a copy soon. 
And we've got yet another new release. Um, we're not all retro on Retrosonic Podcast, are we? <laughs> <laughs> There's too much new stuff today, aren't you? New stuff, that's yeah. excellent. Very oh, good. good. But anyway, this is um, The Mobs and, and a track from their brand new album, which is out now on uh, Dirty Water Records. Um, this is a song called Mojo Degradation. <laughs> Mojo Degradation from their brand new album called Piffle, which is out now on Dirty Water Records. Uh, the band will be playing a gig uh, with the Fallen Leaves in their hometown of Northampton on October the 8th at the Charles Bradlaw, and they're big fans of the Fallen Leaves. They wear cravats and everything, and they're, they're a great live band. You know, they're oh, bit, great. You know, they're, they're good. Um, you haven't seen them live, have I you? Haven't. No, 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 I haven't, no, I haven't. you know, because they've got that Dr. Feelgood... Mick Green scratchy guitar that we love and the bass player's good he's like a normal what Roy he does all this right. good bass and the drum they're a great band you know they've got a good sense of humour and they, they also did the one that I dedicated to you uh, Get Your Hair Cut do you remember on the podcast <laughs> oh, no I've got that one no <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's uh, that, that's, a, that's a great a great track and uh, good luck with the new album okay Paul um, what have you been up to recently I think you've been quite busy uh, well I've been swimming in the south coast no, I mean photography-wise. <laughs> photography-wise? Oh, ro- oh, photography. Oh, Rock yes. and roll. Not Rock and roll. Not well. a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> well, I've been going to your gigs and taking photographs, of course. Yes. And, um, and my, uh, of course, uh, being lucky to have been around during a golden period of rock, I suppose, during 
75 and 95 I took I've got a great back catalogue of um, photographs which um, are still in demand yeah I've had uh, recently I've had um, I've had uh, a front cover of uh, Dr. Feelgood on uh, in Vive La Rock magazine uh, pictures of uh, Dr. Feelgood which I took as a student Back in 1975, almost my first rock gig. I couldn't believe it. On the front cover of a magazine, 40 years later. That's right. Yes, it's incredible. That's a great picture of um, Wilco and and Lee Brillo together, isn't it? With Wilco's mad-eyed stare. That's right. Lee in his white, traditional white jacket. It sums them up perfectly, doesn't it? It does. Uh, I took that picture at at, uh, Northampton Polytechnic when I was a student there. Mm. And I was just uh, learning the trade a little bit, and uh, of course, seeing Doctor Feelgood was one of those, uh, one of the reasons why I, I think I, I became a rock photographer. And uh, after seeing Doctor Feelgood, I thought, hmm, if that's rock and roll, I want to, I want to have a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quite frankly, but um, yeah, I've had uh, another picture of Oasis on uh, the front cover of uh, Louder Than War magazine. That's uh, John Robs. Um, yeah, a magazine version of his. Uh, That's right, now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 It, John's doing a period periodical um, magazine now. Yeah, uh, uh, along with um, Eugene, who publishes um, Vive the Rock. Yeah, uh, and uh, it looks really good too. And um, yeah, talking of uh, Oasis, of course, um, uh, I've got some pictures in a uh, an exhibition of uh, Oasis photographs. It's the uh, exhibition Chasing the Sun exhibition, which is finally going to Manchester uh, two years after it w- after it was uh, in London, and it um, opens on the fourteenth of October uh, at the Old Grandad Studios in Manchester. The other thing, of course, that's happening in October is the uh, release of the uh, new documentary about Oasis Supersonic, which oh, is coming out in cinema. I think the um, the premieres on the 2nd of October and um, there are many of my stills being used in that uh, in uh, being used in the in the new dock and um, I can't wait to go and see it actually going back to the photo exhibition are you going up to the launch party for I will one? be going up to the launch party oh, that's great because I remember when we went to the, the one in London that you you met up with Liam and, and Bonehead again. I've got a lovely picture of you and Liam and Bonehead together. I you hadn't did. seen them for so long, had you? And it was uh, a wild night. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just as wild up in Manchester, actually, yeah. I, I, I bet. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because, um, you know, because I know you hadn't seen them for a while, had you, um, after working with them for so long, on your book that you published um, A Year on the Road with Oasis. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's always great. You know, I spent a year on the road, um, which is the title of my, uh, mm. my Oasis photo book. I spent a year on the road with Oasis, 94 and 95. And uh, I don't know, during that period, I must have seen 60 or 70 gigs mm. of, um, of Oasis, one every few days yeah. throughout that year. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, obviously I spent a lot of time with them. You get yeah. to know guys and, uh, you know, you, everybody's in each other's pockets. Yeah. And... Uh, it was a great time. Yeah. It was a great time seeing the rise of a young rock and roll band, and, and what can be better than that, you know? If you were there right at the beginning as well. Yeah, they're right yeah. at the beginning, and um, I'm sure the documentary will be uh, focusing quite a lot on that. Mm, excellent. Good, so you've got some stuff, and, and there's a Smith's Uncut Special out as well. With all there's your, a Smith's Uncut Special, well, and, um, yeah. Yeah, and you, don't forget your The Smith's, Smith's Never book. Die. No, you've got. There is a light that never goes out. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) 
yeah but you know it's it's been a busy time it's, it's great that you're and I'm so we're honoured that you're still deigning to come down to our little gigs at the Half Moon and take pictures of our bands then. Yeah, well you know I uh, these are the bands that I really like Steve you know mm. I mean it was uh, it was great taking all those photographs back in the day but uh, I, I, I basically I think my roots are in small venues taking mm. pictures of bands and yeah. uh, who play music that I really love mm. and uh, bands like The Forefathers and uh, Billy Childish yeah. and The Fallen Leaves The That's Witch right. Doctors yeah they, I mean you know it's, it's it's always great to go down to a small mm. gig have a couple of beers yeah. and uh, be a part of an intimate crowd that's what I really like about music yeah I think it's going back to that feeling that you must have got when you saw Dr Feelgood in a small venue and you're still trying to capture that you never yeah. really like it when bands move up to bigger venues when you get managers and agents no. and security and all that but it's just capturing that and it's a good thing about what we're doing isn't it we're still getting that mm. Buzz of, of seeing a, a great band in somewhere like the Hope and Anchor or the Half Moon or the, That's right. the old Twelve Bar or the Fighting Cocks, and, and you can't beat it. You know, you can't beat that. What's well, buzz alive music? Pub rock. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it's it all is. about. Pub rock. It? Keep yeah. it alive. Yeah, it's true. We love it. Excellent. And you took pictures again. The funny thing about taking pictures of the forefathers and Graham Day is you did some great pictures of the of the prisoners back at the Hope and Anchor. Some early early shots, which you can see. On, on the blog somewhere we'll, we'll, we'll dig them out and, that's and, right and another band that you did a lot of early pictures which is a sort of seguing into the next link is the is the Milkshakes and, and Billy Childish and, and the Milkshakes which would later become you know the, the, the Buff Medways the Mighty Caesars and etc et the Headcoats and the Headcoats and you did all there some great early pictures of them and then the next incarnation or the latest incarnation is the Masonics well, the Masonics, that's right. Which have got Bruce Brand from going back to the Pop Rivets and the Milkshakes and Mickey Hampshire as well. And uh, said they are John Gibbs from the Wildebeests. But we're, the news is that we're going to be doing their launch party for their brand new album, Oberman Rides Again. And that will be at the Half Moon Putney on November the 18th. And we've got a great lineup, another great bill um, with the Baron Four and the Beat Pack. And I said, Half Moon, get your tickets in now because the Graham Day gig sold out about a month before. So please, it's not just a promotional trick. Please book your tickets because I'm fed up with people coming to me when the gig sold out asking for tickets. So I've told <laughs> I've told people, book your tickets in advance. You save money and you guarantee to get yeah, It's going to be hot. It's going to be a good night, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. wait. The Masonics are on fire. And I've had a sneak preview of the album and I can honestly say that it's, the, for my personal opinion, it's probably their strongest album yet. I think it's going to be great. I think... Fans are going to love it. It's, it's just a brilliant record. Uh, they've been playing some of the tracks live over the past few gigs, and already they're standing out as sort of classics. And here's the title track. This is an exclusive play of the Masonic's new album title track called Oberman Rides Again. <laughs> Dressed in black, overman riding in maggoty hack. Overman's here, overman's there, overman climbing your darkened stairs. Overman rides again. Overman rides again. Overman sits on the edge of your bed. Overman so close you can feel his breath. Overman whispers in your ear Overman says things you don't want to hear Overman 
That's what over man wants. Over man held the rising sun. Over man's got just what he needs. Over man he parts on the morning breeze. Right, and that was the Masonics and a exclusive track from their forthcoming album, Oberman Rides Again. Um, that will be hopefully out and available at our launch party at the Half Moon Putney on November the 18th. Um, so make sure you book your tickets in advance at www.halfmoon.co.uk or give them a ring. Um, but please book in advance because that's going to be uh, probably a big seller as well. And we've got a great lineup, Baron 4, Beat Pack, excellent lineup. It's only cheap if you book in advance, so please uh, get on the case. It's a great record. Love it. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed episode 25 of Retrosonic Podcast. 25? Yeah. 25? Yeah, but that's... In a quarter of a century? Oh, we could celebrate, yeah. Oh, my God, come <laughs> on. I feel like an old man now you said 25. Yeah, but that's not... That's not <laughs> don't forget we've got all our other blooming specials with TV Smith, with Billy Childish, with Graham Down the Forefathers, with... God. With... Um, how, how many other ones have we done? Chris Wilson, The Flaming Groovies. We've got you... <laughs> oh. We've got so many things at the Retrosonic um, podcast site. They're all available for free. Yeah, you can download everything at um, or subscribe at iTunes for free. Everything we do is free. It's all about the music. Check out the bands. You can dig out all the links and get more information at www.retromanblog.com. And down and download this podcast and play it in your car. Exactly. You mm. Enjoy. It. Please do. And to play us out, we've got a bit of an up-tempo stomper. This is a bit of uh, Garage Soul from 1968, and this is Frantic Freddy and his reflections. And taken a track taken from their album Music Power, and this is You Lie.
Pete Frame did a family tree of the Medway, you'd be going into about five or six volumes now, wouldn't it? Because it's just it's so many bands, you know. That oh, yes. And Wolfie Smith has been in all of them. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Wolfie Smith. Wolfie Smith. Sorry. Wolfie Smith. Howard Smith. to the people. How the people, isn't it? You know, Wolfie, what's his, what's his, what's his, Wolfie Howard. Fuck, of course. Wolfie Smith. <laughs> no, don't put that in. No, I wouldn't. You can't put yeah. that in. No, no, I wouldn't put that in. I'd always make a m